and good evening, wherever you may be. Thank you for joining us. Another episode of Catching Up with Jacob. It's going to be a great episode. We got Jacob Prash. Jacob, you are on this closed location somewhere in the Midwest. How are you doing today? Midwest. I'm in Texas, Texas, the Lone Star State, and I'm doing well in Jesus. Uh, was a rather unexpected kind of trip to Texas. I was planning on coming here, and I was on my way here, and the phone rang in New York, if you don't know, and David Lister notified me that the person who I was coming to see uh, was killed in a plane crash the previous day with his brother. And I was coming down to do some Bible studies and have a Texas barbecue. And instead, when I got there, I found myself standing next to his remains, delivering a eulogy at his funeral for him and his brother. It was just totally unexpected. Not what I anticipated, not what David anticipated, but that's what happened. It's been a bit difficult, but nonetheless, the work of the Lord must go on. The show must go on, if you want to put it that way. Not that I'm making light of the work of the Lord. But we are in Texas now, and we shall be in Texas and elsewhere. David Lister will outline the itinerary. No problem. We just want to introduce everybody. Uh, well, Texas Two-Step, David Lister, how are you today? I am doing really well. I'm just in the next room over from Jacob, where we're going to spend a couple nights here and, and host some meetings. We hear that people are coming from all over the U.S., a lady we met today. So we're we're excited that people are so hungry and they're going to come down to the free state of Texas. Free state of Texas. My original home state, so uh, I hope you guys are doing well. And we'll come back to you for some of those dates. Uh, Jay, originally from Texas as well. How you doing, Jay? Well, I, I came from California, and I've come to the free state of Texas as well. And I can't wait to uh, see everybody at the uh, events coming up in uh, Me Mexia and uh, Grossback. Grossback, yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, blessed are you, brother. God bless you. And uh, down and uh, down in Victoria, would you call it a free state, Jay Davey? I don't know. Would you call it a free no, state? No. <laughs> we got rid of Andrews, but it's still not real free. Yeah. We've got so many things looming on us at the moment, but um, it's good to be here with you guys. Yeah, God bless you, Davey. Good morning on a Saturday morning, and yeah, good, morning good morning to all those who are there. And uh, welcome in the name of the Lord, those who are watching, those who will watch later. It is uh, Friday noon here, just about 1230, and uh, everywhere else is afternoon except in or evening or the next day except in Hawaii. So uh, good morning to those who are in Hawaii. David, can you go through the itinerary real quick just to let everybody know where Jacob's going to be? Okay. On February 10th at 6 p.m., Jacob's going to be at Mary Helen Nance Community Center in Texas. We have the details and the address on there, and that will be from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, we had to, we've had so many inquiries that they've moved us to a bigger place. Uh, then on the 11th, we're in Mexia at Creekside Christian Retreat. And we have a 10 o'clock um, to a noon uh, meeting there on that Sunday. And then Jacob will be going back to Fort Donaldson, uh, a.k.a. Dover, Tennessee, where he'll be um, going online. And you can get that via Zoom on February 18th at, um, at 1045 
uh, Central Standard Time on the 18th. Also, we have a, an event on the 17th, but I don't have that, and that's in Nashville. Um, but anyway, then following that, we're going to Crystal River, Florida, and we have the address there at the Plantation Resort, okay? And that will be at 10 o'clock to noon on the 25th. Then as we move into March, Jacob will be going down to Florida Atlantic University in the Davy West building, room 103 from one to three. So we have a, a meeting in Southern Florida. Now in between, we got a couple private meetings that's uh, just invitation only. So in Southern Florida. Um, and then next Jacob goes out to your place on the 9th and 10th of March in Devore for meetings uh, from 12 from 10 o'clock to two o'clock on the Saturday and then regular meeting times on the 10th at uh, Devore. Then Jacob goes back home for a bit and uh, in England, New York, New York, New York first in Baltimore again. Oh yeah. That one didn't get put up the, um, that will be the, like the 20. So we'll get that back up. It's uh, Jacob. Okay. And then we, then you were over in April. We've got some other things you can go through for uh, down at, uh, and then Jacob will be coming back into America to visit the open door in New York on April 20th and the 21st. And um, then he goes back out to the board for one weekend, one speaking session. And then he goes over, heading over to Maui uh for grace church and then after that he goes to new zealand then he goes into australia and then to bangkok with me where i'll catch up and we'll visit him visit to several prisons that we have there and some other dates but we'll get all these dates uh soon we'll get new zealand up. i mean yeah new zealand up and then we'll get the dates soon for australia all that information. Jacob has got a heavy schedule, folks. Yeah, Please. all that information, moriel.org, as it gets posted. But at least for now, the meetings in Texas, Florida, and California, of course, uh, those are the next few ones. And he's got a trip internationally going out by this spring. So God bless you, Jacob. Hope you do well. Thank you, David, so much for that information. And I um, want to remind everybody, if you want to catch up with Jacob, no pun intended on the show, on the episode here, but also you can visit Moriel.org and all, a lot of information on missions and uh, a lot of things that Moriel does outside of the Moriel TV side, which is a, a great deal of stuff. And I appreciate you guys going there, praying for those missions, praying for the work of the Lord yes. that goes on. And uh, as Jacob said, the work of the kingdom goes on despite the difficulties we face. And uh, we just want to encourage everybody not only to pray for Jacob and, and you know put him in your prayers, uh, enjoy the meetings, watch the episodes, share them, including podcasts. Uh, Jacob's on podcasts on several um, on several different platforms. Jake, can you help me out with that? The platforms you have them, I think you have them memorized, but I know we're on, we're on Google, we're on Amazon, we're on iTunes. What else am I missing? iTunes, Podchasers. Uh, we also have uh, a few more. We have Spotify, uh, of yeah, course. Spotify. Yes. So those are our current places where you can catch our podcast to download. Um, obviously, the best one and uh, most obvious one is Apple. 
uh, especially if you have an Apple device. And if you have an Android device, Amazon is a, is a great resource to download our podcasts. Very good. Okay, that's good to know. So we cover both bases, both the Android folks and the Apple folks, right? So that's, uh, that's where it's at. And uh, so we encourage everyone to watch the videos and the platforms and different ones. Uh, Morial TV, MorialTV.org. Of course, our flagships, YouTube, Rumble, they do very well. We're on Facebook Live right now. We're also on Vimeo. We're also on Telegram. And of course, uh, if you want to ask questions for Jacob, put them on Rumble. And we're going to be taking those questions on our backstage uh, uh, part of the episode, which occurs at the end. So we're going to go through all these different topics. Then we get into the backstage and we're asking Jacob some questions and uh, that'll be a lot of fun. So uh, let's enjoy the episode. It's a lot of fun to do them. One, what are we up to now? 167, DJ? I, I lose Once, count. 168. 168. I'm behind one. 168. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, they're all there. So talk about things that we talked about uh, almost two years ago, whether they came to pass or not. We're not uh, we're not prophets, but a lot of things we said have come to pass. And some of them, the ones that we're going to talk about today, we talk about China for quite a long time. And boy, things are heating up, uh, not in a good way, I suppose. So let's get caught up, everyone. And uh, the first thing we want to talk about, Jacob, is the first American journalist to interview Vladimir Putin since the Ukraine invasion, 142 million views, 7 millions on YouTube, 142 on Twitter, or X that they call it now, not counting anything on the Tucker Network. Uh, this is bigger than the Super Bowl. It nearly broke the internet. It had more views than any any interview he's ever done or anyone has ever done. And... Um, it is obviously is going to go much higher. Legacy media is on panic mode. They're rolling out Hillary Clinton now to try to uh, de, um, depose anything that Tucker says and try to make him into, uh, I guess, a dog, a lap dog. Uh, but incredible stuff. I, I watched it. The first 30 minutes is, was about history and everything else. Fascinating stuff. Jacob Prash, your take on the interview and the whole thing of it. First of all, he was talking to his Russian viewership as much as he was to his, to the American and Western viewership. He was certainly blowing his own horn among his own people, trying to put a spin on the events taking place in Russia, as well as Russia's position in the international community. So he was not just speaking to the Americans. He was speaking to his own people. He obviously had his own script. At, at various points, he would not even answer the exact questions, precise questions asked by Tucker Carlson. He would simply continue with his own um, prescripted um, monologue, basically, or he would take the questions and he would oh, not really rephrase them, but redirect them to continue again his own diatribes against the West, against America and against the Democrats. I have several observations concerning it, though. My first is that he was critical of, of, of the Democratic Party. And we can bet that the Democratic Party and the mainstream media are going to try to resurrect the uh, false narrative they had the last time about collusion. They're going to say, see, he doesn't like Biden. He doesn't like the Democratic Party. He's collaborating with Trump. They're going to try to say that again. Now, they were caught lying the last time about the, the, the Steele dossier. Hillary Clinton, John Podesta, no, nobody was indicted 
over over presenting a false dossier to the FBI. Um, people like Comey were never indicted. People like um, Page and people like like uh, McCabe and 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 people like uh, uh, in the intelligence community who backed it, like like uh, obviously Clapper and and Brenner were not brought to accounts. Either was struck, and if anybody should have been faced an indictment, it would have been struck, in my opinion. They're going to try to resurrect a version of this if they can and try to say, look, listen to what he's saying. He's against the Democrats. He wants Trump to win. There's a collusion with the Republicans. There's a collusion with Trump. They're going to try to resurrect that if they can. Um, that's what they'll attempt to do. The second observation I have is is the lack of comprehensive response of the questions he was answering. For instance, he was trying to say that Russia has the fifth biggest economy in the world in terms of PPP. PPP is purchasing power. It's not the same as gross national product, and it's not the same as gross domestic product. It's, it's something else. How much can you buy with your money? And he was saying China can buy the most. Of course, what he was not saying is that you can buy a lot more, a kilo of rice is going to cost a lot less in Nigeria or, or, or Pakistan than a kilo of rice is going to cost in California or in England. Um, he, he wasn't making that kind of comparison. He was just saying the PPP is bigger. But he wasn't telling you that the although you can buy more with the same amount of money in China, that the average wage in China is about twelve thousand or twelve and a half thousand dollars a year. Well, you can buy more with that amount of money, but it's a lot less money. The other thing he was not being honest about, or he was he was packaging his response to avoid the reality, is that China's PPP has gotten so big so fast because China is in a state of deflation. Now, deflation is as dangerous as hyperinflation. Deflation, prices indeed do come down, uh, and, and you get a lot more for your money, but the people who have to produce things are getting a lot less. They're paying the same price for raw materials and so forth, but they're selling them at a lower price. Deflation is as deadly as hyperinflation. So he wasn't giving the reasons for China's PPP. He was just stating certain facts non-inclusively or non-comprehensively. He was only highlighting certain aspects that he wanted people to buy into. And there are people who will do that. They, they won't understand what the PPP really means, or they won't link the high PPP in China to the low wages or to the deflation. So he was not really honest in a lot of his responses. One of the things that I would say deserves some credence, or at least should be listened to, is something that many Western economists, including American economists, are saying. By weaponizing the dollar and the SWIFT system, it is pushing people away from the dollar into things like bricks and to alternatives. Now, again, here, he was only telling half the story. He wanted the ruble at one point to replace the dollar. Uh, obviously, that's not going to happen. Ruple is now worth about a penny or just a little over one U.S. cent. Um, 
there were people who wanted to replace the dollar as the world currency reserve anyway, but by the sanctions on Russia, but by freezing Russia Russian assets and by closing Russia out of the uh, currency system, it was uh, had an effect of, of, of giving further motivation to, to other nations going into BRICS. Saying, look, the Americans can freeze our assets, they can freeze our accounts. Absolutely, absolutely. They can, Dangerous. They can pull out of, uh, so we need an alternative to protect ourselves. Now, again, these countries, particularly Russia and Iran and China, wanted to replace the dollar anyway. But by doing what we did, the question is, are we giving them, or are we putting fuel on a fire that already exists that we'd like to contain? Um, so I would say that that aspect of of his remarks in the interview need to be considered. They need to be given serious economic consideration. But of course, the Biden administration does not have either the intelligence or the ability to do that. You're, you're dealing with not just, a, you know, I used to say that Joe Biden was a half senile corruptocrat. I no longer have that opinion. I must recant the view that he's a half senile corruptocrat. He's just a senile corruptocrat. <laughs> the man is not in control of his faculties. Now, have you seen, I mean, do you see the last one he's calling, uh, was it El Sisi, the president of Mexico, shutting the border? Oh, El Sisi, the president of Mexico. That's, he's, you know, he's talking to him. He's, he's, he said, Fimed, Tehran. He's out of it. He's been dead for years. He just—he said he met him the other day. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at, at you know older people that are losing. Yeah, he, he is not a half. He's not half senile. He's just senile. Mm. Can you imagine giving him a two-hour interview? I mean, Putin did it, you know, pretty seamlessly. I couldn't. I couldn't see Biden doing five minutes like that. Oh, I couldn't. Not only that, but when Trump had been president, they were trying to say that he was mentally unstable and that he was um, showing incipient or at least a, a nascent tendency towards Alzheimer's. The left said that. Yeah. Now you have a president who, who conspicuously is, is into geriatric mental deficiency. He's into geriatric um, uh, cerebral deficiency, okay? Uh, it's obvious, and, they, and they're not, not wanting to say it. But now, at last, they have begun to admit it because they have no choice. They have no choice. That's right. They're going to have to push them out and get someone else. His view of history, you know, putting his view of history is really interesting. Going back to the year 1000, you know, going back to, I'm sorry, the year 800. And then the 1862 is when they celebrated a, a thousand years of Russia. And uh, his view of history is quite different than the West, isn't it? Because he looks at it with a, a lot more maybe nostalgia, maybe uh, respect that a lot of people do in the way. Here, we're trying to destroy our history, no matter what it was. Uh, we're trying to destroy and take down statues. We don't know who we are and what we're got, who we are and what we're doing because we were, we were founded on Judeo-Christian values. We don't want those anymore. Uh, Putin's a little bit different. He goes back into history, looks at Russia yes. and its place, and, and has a different perspective. He at least takes the moral values of the Russian Orthodox Church concerning homosexuality. Yeah, so he's morally superior to Biden. Uh, so, so is a whore on a street corner. But <laughs> he's morally superior to to, to, to Biden. Obviously, um, that is his strength. 
righteousness exalts a nation. And that's right. That's right. Because of Obama um, and, and the left particularly. Um, but not only, there's the rhinos are, are no better um, and no different. But th there is that. He also understands Peter the Great and the significance of Peter the Great, um, who extended the Russian Empire from Europe all the way to the Pacific and at one time included Alaska. That's right. Sale of, of Alaska, Secretary of State Seward bought it. Who he had been Secretary of State under Abraham Lincoln, and he acquired Alaska. So he understands the significance of Peter the Great. He understands the significance of Catherine the Great. Catherine the Great, that's right. Catherine the Great gave refuge to the Mennonites who were being persecuted for their faith You're by right, both the right. Roman Catholic Church and much of Protestantism were persecuting right. them because they were Anabaptists. They were reformers, uh, that's right. And she had become the lover of the American, well, the Scottish-born American Admiral John Paul Jones had, had been her boyfriend. He understood that there was this friendship between the United States and Russia, Russia. that was interrupted, that went back certainly to the time of John Paul Jones, but also during the American Civil War. It was Disraeli, basically, who kept Britain from entering the Civil War on the side of the South. He was a Jewish Christian, he was against slavery, and so forth, and he realized Britain could get caught in Egypt. He didn't have to get it from the American South anymore. The Israeli did a lot to keep Britain out of the war. But there were financial and industrial interests in Britain, particularly in the north of England, in the uh, textile industries. They wanted Britain to enter the war from Canada on the side of the South, while Russia, Russia was pro-Lincoln. Russia was pro-Lincoln. Now, they were pro-Lincoln for their own reasons. Britain and Russia were rivals in Crimea and all this stuff. Those things happened in the same general time period, you know, with the charge of the Light Brigade. I'm not saying Russia was pro-Lincoln for necessarily altruistic reasons, but there was a history of friendship between the United States and, and, and Russia always. Right. And what ended it, of course, the hiatus was communism. Yeah. Yeah, the Bolshevik Revolution. Yeah, but the Bolsheviks, but the Bolsheviks were just, they were as cruel as the czars and worse. <laughs> That's they right. They were as cruel as the czars and worse. And he leaves that out of his interpretation of, and recount of Russian history. He of leaves course. that out. Yeah. He, he yeah. had been a KGB agent. He left out the crimes of Stalin and the failure of communism. He did not highlight that in his... In, 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 in his presentation and in his recount of Russian history. Again, he is a revisionist. He rewrites the history to suit himself, not by adding things, but by leaving things out. He was very selective as to what he included. Now, the things he included were, were, were right, were largely right. I don't think he said much that wasn't, wasn't true. It's what he failed to say in his historical presentation right. that that left much to be desired. But again, he's a politician and he was speaking for his own people. For his own country. That's right. That's right. Uh, David, well, listen, was, why so much interest on it, do you think? Why so much? 147 million? I mean, it, it's just well, kind of go on and on. What do, what do you think there's so much interest in that? Well, the interest is because we have a failing presidency that, and people are starting to see through that. People are wanting to actually hear something that is not filtered and made for them by the 
the bought and paid for media and they're just and this is an interesting character and we're at war with Ukraine and Russia in kind of a Cold War type fashion. And so people are interested in what's going on in, in this world. And we have other people, Joe Rogan and all these guys are starting to have an effect that the 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 we're seeing a switch from the establishment media into more media that is telling the truth via the internet. Things like us, people like us that can get out there and tell you this is what we believe. And so the internet is freeing people to find uh, information that is being blocked. You know, yeah. they can't control it. And more so, I'm not a big fan of Elon Musk, but look, I am thankful we bought Twitter and is allowing a lot of this to come out. And yeah. also right now we know that, uh, in fact, that the establishment media is being decimated with layoffs. Mm. Uh, they were bought and paid for by the CIA and uh, for COVID, for yeah. um, all these other things. And so now we we see that uh, they're getting theirs. Uh, uh, Hillary Clinton talked about useful idiots uh, calling um, calling Tucker a useful idiot. But it's the news media that are the useful idiots that the, that the establishment is now getting rid of with massive layoffs. Let's talk so, about that for a moment, because they roll out Hillary. They roll yeah. out Hillary uh, as an attempt to try to smear um, Carlton, uh, Tucker Carlton as as some kind of, um, you know, uh, Putin apologist or something like that. If by all means they're rolling out Clinton, uh, Jacob, they're desperate, aren't they? Yep. You know, <laughs> If you're going to roll out Clinton, her electoral prowess is about, she's about as electable as the Bride of Frankenstein. They've got a problem. Nobody, nobody believes Hillary Clinton would have a chance of being elected president. She was solidly rejected by the voters when she ran against Trump, solidly. And she's not going to win now. Secondly, um, Camilla Harris, nobody takes that woman seriously. I, I, the Democrats know she would not be a viable candidate. Now, normally, in the normal course of events, if the president is not capable of running again, and don't forget, now there's some Republicans are saying, should the 25th Amendment not be yes. involved yeah. concerning, concerning Biden? Uh, because he's not compass mentis, even according to a Democrat federal prosecutor. Uh, um, nobody believes that Harris... Is, it, it, is a viable candidate. Nobody believes that Hillary Clinton is. They're looking for somebody. They are looking for somebody. Maybe they'll get Michelle Obama hoping that enough liberal Democrats will vote for her because they're stupid people who will do what they're told. They are the useful idiots, people who vote who, who, who will vote for somebody like, like her. But they know that they're in trouble now. They yeah. don't have a candidate. They would have hoped at one time, Gavin Newsom, I don't know what his prospects are, but they're not as strong as they should be if he was really going to make a play. He's not that strong politically at the moment, and it would be very difficult for him to catch up once his name has not been on the ballots in the primaries that have already taken place. Um, exactly, exactly. That's exactly right. 
So they don't. Oh, so the, now, now that we're into the primary season, they don't really have anybody. I don't think that Robert Kennedy, whose family name is an icon among the Democrats, is going to hurt Biden as much as I would have liked or hurt the Democrat Party as much as I would have liked. But I do think he will hurt them. I do think he will hurt them somewhat. Well, um, the Justice Department just came after Kennedy saying he's running an illegal uh, an illegal hack, yeah. you know, political action committee. And so they are worried about him, Jacob. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, politi- again, they politicized the Justice Department and the IRS, and they won't just go after Republicans. They'll go after other Democrats. Yeah, there's the, the, the Democrats don't have a, a depth chart of people. I mean, they don't they're in, they're definitely in trouble that there's not someone if they're rolling out Hillary <laughs> to to maybe bring our presence up and to get rid of them. They're well, in well, trouble. You know, I, I got some Hillary stuff here. OK, so he, he she's a proponent of the Russian collusion. Keeps, you know, because keeps going on it. She keeps going on it. She sold 20 percent of the uranium to Russia. Yes, yeah. Research for that. Uh, her husband, Bill, received one point five million dollars for a speech that he did in Moscow way back in 2014 or 2013. So, uh, yeah, 40 minutes. Yeah. And um, plus the Epstein, Epstein list. So now she comes out and attacks. But he, she's not the only one, of course. Now they're calling for the arrest of Tucker Jacob, uh, Espionage Act, 1917. You can't share information with uh, another country that is going to the intent to harm the U.S. Uh, the U.S. in any sort of way. But of what course, Biden did, and of course, Clinton did. Yeah, well, they do this. Uh, I mean, freedom of the press, right? Espionage Act, 1917. Why are they going after him so hard on this? Because he's being effective. And also, listen, Mike Wallace and there's been a dozen people that are interviewed him, American reporters. So why why now and why Tucker? Correct. There's always two standards. Yeah, the legacy media is dying. Independent journalism is growing. You know, some people are calling for the, you know, he's on the kill list now because of. Yeah, mainstream media is fighting for for his economic survival long term. Yeah. Absolutely. This may be the last presidential election, the last presidential election where they will pack a significant amount of punch. Hmm. This may actually be the last presidential election where the mainstream media will pack the punch. It it always has. I hope not. That's interesting. Yeah. I hope not. (laughs) I'm I'm wondering, Jacob, if they even do have a punch because we're seeing that the all the medias are going down by percentage after percentage after percentage. Yes. And it's well, in that, a that is another factor. Don't forget, the mainstream media is the mouthpiece of the Democratic Party. That's yes. right. Yeah. The Clinton I mean, News Network, CNN, <laughs> or the New York Slimes of the Washington Compost. That's what they are. Their circulation, their economic viability, even their uh, internet hits, even the amount of people watching, going to their websites is is declining very significantly with most of them. Very, very. But some of them are really declining. The Washington Post, CNN, um, MSNBC, they're getting butchered on the internet. So their old platforms are declining circulation and declining viewership. But the new platforms, which is internet, they're declining there too. <laughs> They're fighting for their survival. Hence, yeah. the Democratic Party is losing its mouthpiece. It would be like yeah. the Soviets losing Pravda and Izvestia. 
Yeah, they're, they're losing it. I mean, I was talking to Jay. You know, we don't know anybody in our age group that really has cable or watches cable. Most people younger than me, uh, it's either on YouTube. It. Yeah, I'm either the hotel or something. Watching the news, I don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, especially pay for garbage. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's interesting, yeah. Marco. I believe the L.A. Times closed their whole Washington bureau. How yeah. are they going to repair it on politics when they're yeah. they don't have reporters there? Yeah, you know, and, and, and from another freelance guy, paying yeah, exactly. one third of the money. You know, and, and I was talking to Jay about this. Jay, you can mention this. You know, uh, thinking of like guys like uh, James O'Keefe. Think of guys like Elon Musk. Think of guys like Tucker Carlton. Think of guys like uh, uh, Joe Rogan. And these guys, among young people, they they garner more and you know information. They, they're able to get into. And that's and not that I agree with all these guys, but they they have more reach than the CNN's Fox and MSNBC. Uh, It's just incredible how independent journalism, go ahead, Jay. I was was just about to say, like you you, you talk about some of these independent reporters, there's independent reporters, not only in Ukraine on the front lines, there's independent reporters at the Darien Gap. They're not associated with any of the big television networks. They're independent people that are looking for the story, wherever the story goes. And unfortunately, with, with the media, they have a narrative that they have to continue to craft. While these people, all they want to get to is the truth. That's right. That's right. Now, yeah, one even thing that all the happened, farmer protests are not on the, you know, ABC, CBS. Yeah, let's talk about that, David, real quick. Because the same not. European Union, the same European Union that is having all these issues with farmers and truckers and in the protest is calling for the arrest and the travel ban of Tucker Carlson. So the EU, with all this trouble, and we're talking about the trouble in a minute, but they're going after him, thinking that he's some kind of enemy of the state, that they're not going to let him in anymore. And so here's another organization, the EU, the European Union, who's going after a person who's telling the truth. I mean, this is this is what governments, evil governments do. We don't want to we don't want anybody to know what we're doing. So if you tell the truth, we're going to punish you. Well, Marco, if I had uh, people coming to my house and throwing manure all over it, uh, (laughs) you know, I I guess I'd be kind of embarrassed about it being happening, you know. And so you see farmers now from Italy, from Spain, from all these countries, they know that their livelihoods are being destroyed. And people don't understand that the legacy of farming, the connection to the land is not like you and me that, you know, we live in a city, okay? You know, you know and so we're not as connected to the land and to farming. There's something in these people that's different. That's they, right. they want their generation and their legacy passed on to their children. And these people are coming after them, mm. and not only after their jobs, but their way of life and their way of and connection their and their way That's of right. family. That's it's right. much deeper, you yep. know. And Jacob, so, you, you spend time in the UK, Jacob, and you go to the Europe, uh, Europe yep. uh, you know, quite a bit. What do you see that these farmers are just no, what you see with going? What you see with, with family farmers – and ranchers in the United States, there is very much a European version of that. You see it most particularly in France. France mm. is, is the strongest tradition of it, uh, but it's in Holland, mm. it's in it's in Italy, it's in it's, it's Iberia, it, it's in other countries. 
but it's particularly in, in France and Holland, I would say are the two the two most. Yes, um, Holland is huge. Yeah, this attachment to the land and, and the family heritage. And it's 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 part of their identity, uh, almost quasi-religious with them. Mm. Uh, it, it is akin to the American rancher and the American farmer. It is akin to that, except I, I know families in Britain whose family names are in the Doomsday Book from the Middle Ages. Wow. You've got farming families have been on that same land 4,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> and now, now, now they want to destroy it. Yeah. Climate change, basically, con artists are coming to, to dismantle it with yeah, bad so science, know. with bad science, with politically motivated bad science, and complete hypocrisy. Complete yeah. hypocrisy. Net zero, Green Deal. Yep. Uh, these are all coming to climate change actions coming from the, the EU, the UN, NWF. What's going on in the Netherlands is pretty interesting because now you have this coalition that uh, uh, Gerd Wilders have not been able to to form. Now you have another coalition that may get it, which is going to put Franz Timmerman, which is the climate pope of the uh, of, of the Netherlands. And that yeah, is going to unleash bad, bad, bad news. That's right. So... Uh, Jacob, what's going to happen there? I mean, the farmers are still going in Netherlands. Now they're going to possibly uh, get another guy in there who is completely antithesis of the farmers. It, it's just going to continue? I can see it coming to conflict. Mm. And I can very easily see it coming to conflict in Eastern Europe. Oh. Oh, yeah. For uh, sure. It, so the Dutch government wants to cut 30% of the cattle farms, 50% of the uh, Dutch farmers are going to go out of business. 50%. I mean, they provide yes. most of the food to Europe. That's right. They're big major food producers. So yeah. don't forget, the common agriculture, one of the reasons Brexit, one of a, a number of reasons, Brexit had such political momentum under Nigel Farage in, in, in England is Britain was penalized by the EU for having the most efficient farms in Europe. The common <laughs> agricultural policy of the EU financially penalize British farmers for being efficient wow. in order to reward ones who weren't. Now, yeah. what you might find because of the socialist influence in the EU bureaucracy is a European version of something that happened in the United States after the Great Depression, it was initiated to prevent overproduction in agriculture. Yeah. Federal government would subsidize farmers not to use land or not to, not to plant corn. Right. Yeah. You would not be surprised if the European bureaucracy does not come up oh. a political compromise that will take taxpayer money or print money, you know, QE money, and give subsidies to farmers not to produce. That is one way they can wow. avoid confrontation. Wow. And they would do it, they would do anything. Yeah, I mean, Jacob, there's one guy who was anti-farmer for sure, for his own purpose. That was Joseph Stalin. So Absolutely. You, you got climate change communism now going after farmland, starving people, which is ultimate. What I believe. This is, this is three times Stalin orchestrated famine mm. against his own people. Most seriously in 1927. If anyone has read the book, The Gulag Archipelago, yes. that book was shocking. That mm. book was, I mean, I always knew 
Stalin was no good. And, but that book was absolutely, by, by Alexander Solzhenitsyn, that yeah. book was absolutely shocking. But uh, they're not doing the same thing. Yeah, and, and I think nobody's read that book. I, I don't know any younger person that, that really is interested in that book. Jacob, in that book, they talked about like whole societies. I mean, whole lots of people be wiped out. I mean, be, be killed or starved. Not only wiped out, but all records that they were ever born were purged. Like no yeah. such person ever existed. It's it's um, not a long book. I, re I remember reading it in a couple, three days. It was... yeah. Yeah, but I mean, what they did was they had these gulags, these concentration camps with slave labor, where they sent people for all kinds of political crimes or even no crimes, um, and they put them there, and they used slave labor, and that is became a like at one point about twenty five percent of the Soviet economy. Wow, was from slave labor dependent on the gulags instead of on farms and on actual production. <laughs> That's how. now what a way to get your get your GDP up, not have to pay anybody any wages. <laughs> yeah, the kulaks. That's what they call the they call and, the kulaks. And Poland did it to meet export quotas. Yeah, he did it to get foreign exchange. He did it to get dollars in British pounds. Yeah, incredible. Now the, the Bible speaks about. Um, Plenty, plenty of times about uh, famines, uh, but especially in the book of Revelation speaks of famines yes. and Jesus spoke of famines. Um, so as we head toward this, the, this future where, you know, uh, social uh, globalism, communism rejected yes. uh, the, 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 the climate communism. This is uh, this is part and parcel of yes. what we see coming up yes. in the future. Where Absolutely. Just, on this week's on RTN and memorial segment on RTN uh, this week. We addressed that prophecy in Revelation 6, where it would take a day's wages to, to buy enough food to feed one person for one day, yeah. the denarius. And I talked about when Nixon defaulted on the dollar and Brenton Woods ended, the United States tried to bring in the petrodollar uh, to replace the euro dollar. It was the petrodollar um, to use oil to give a value to the dollar in lieu of gold. And now that that is over, what is going to be next? How can the English-speaking nations, the United States, Australia, Britain, Canada, how can they keep power? Forget about the petrodollar. What about when you have the agrodollar and you have the aquadollar? Mm. When water, because a third of the water is going to be destroyed, when you have water and food shortages is going to be what gives Currency, its value. So is that a prophecy in James that gold is a non-oxidizing metal? How can gold rust? But yeah. James says it'll be worthless. Yeah, well, and we because you can't eat it. What now? Ukraine and Russia have the steps for grain production. That is the breadbasket of Europe, of of Eurasia. Actually, um, it's like the American Midwest. They can just produce tons and tons of grain. Okay. But the cornerstone of, of, of grain production is the United States, if you include corn, barley, all of it, wheat, the United States, Canada, Australia, and Argentina. Yes. If you put those countries together, they can corner the market, especially if there's a war with Russia and the Ukraine and whatever. Okay, they would also be players. But all these other countries, nobody 
can do what the English-speaking democracies can do. That's right. Britain has the most efficient farms in Europe, but in terms of grain production, the only major country outside of the English-speaking nations who can produce on that level because of what's going on in Ukraine and Russia at the moment is Argentina and a bit bit Uruguay, but really Argentina. Um, That is how the United States can move. What they use oil, the petrodollar, to replace the gold at the Breton Woods in 1971. What if they use food? And yeah. then ultimately, what if they used water? Yeah. Water well, is becoming a major, major issue in the Middle East. There's major wars, water wars going on right now. When, when Ethiopia builds these dams and what's already happening in China, putting oh, up Egypt's, the, Egypt's with Egypt's the Ganges River, yeah. and what's happening in Turkey, affecting the Fertile Crescent, the Tigris and Euphrates, yeah, because they're going to see water gonna... become aqua dollars yeah. and petrodollars. That may not be called that, but Revelation 6 persuades me yeah. that the basis of world currency reserves, it's not going to be the petrol, petroleum anymore. Certainly, it's not going to be gold, even though the BRICS is trying to be gold linked. Ultimately, it's going to be food and possibly water. Yeah, Turkey wants to uh, build a dam to cut off the Euphrates. Yes. yes. Which is uh, Revelation nine talks about that. Higher yes. the, the, the Euphrates, uh, right. major stuff, major stuff going on. To, yes. to, to Jacob's Egypt's point definitely. about the yeah, agrodollar, to Jacob's point about the agrodollar, that is why you're yeah. seeing this war on privately owned farms. Yeah. The yeah. Government Correct. wants to replace them with mass government institutionalized farming, yeah. corporate corporate farming, and that's why the WEF yeah. is pushing for that. That's why China is taking away century-old family farms from families and putting these massive government-backed agro-farms. Why is Bill Gates the biggest owner of agro land in North America now? That's right. Because he likes to eat? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is why the WUF talks about, you know, the stakeholders. You know, it's privatized. uh, And to to my – I would add this. It will be – technocrats who are going to own this stuff because yeah. they they want to privatize it and and this is how exactly collectivism came into russia you know they they, they took it away from the the private citizens they gave it to the government but now it's a it's a different hybrid of it because here we're going to have it you know given to or bought by technocrats that are going to work with the governments to semi-privatize it with stakeholders this is this yeah. is what schwab wants it a hybrid marco when we when i was when I was younger, and and I remember all this collective farming that Russia was doing, uh, it was so successful that it gave me a job here because I was just getting on grain train after grain train, hauling grain from Iowa, from Illinois, down to New Orleans to ship over to those guys because they were having famines and everything. So... You know, it collective farming just doesn't work when they get this mm-hmm. and the government gets involved. So, yep. but uh, you know, one of the big things is I just sent a video to you that, or not a, a link to a video by a rancher that talked about he 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 makes a very good argument that ranching and the growth of the um, land and the water and everything is a complete wonderful cycle that actually helps to absorb more 
carbon dioxide and um, methane than these cows produce. It's actually uh, it's actually something that's uh, really good and fights against the climate change argument. You know, it's a complete beautiful cycle of how man, animal, and the earth work together to to absorb carbon dioxide and they have the the cows are able to keep the grass to the perfect height that absorbs the most amount of carbon dioxide it's worth a look yeah we'll we'll, yeah we'll look at it and we might add it to the description for sure Uh, i i wanted to what's that snowfall russia cannot have drought it's it's meteorologically impossible providing they have the right reservoir systems and the right irrigation systems there's so much snow in Russia every year, they could fill their reservoirs. If if the economy was run right and infrastructure was managed correctly, they couldn't have a drought. But under mm. the Soviets, they had they didn't have enough rain for 17 years straight. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> California. <clears throat> yeah. So it's no, absolutely. Oh, what do you need rain for? <laughs> I, I wanted to switch it real quick because uh obviously you couldn't you couldn't explain this to people because they couldn't describe it to you. you. You they couldn't understand it because they were giving false information, false science. People are completely out of touch and out of the loop and being lied to. And but you couldn't even explain it to the leaders either. Joe Biden, especially. I wanted to talk about the special counsel, Jacob. Devastating description of Joe Biden that he is an old man who can't remember anything. Uh, I mean, he they, they described as mentally retarded. And I'm not I'm not talking about people that are biologically like that or born like that. But I'm talking about somebody who cannot remember anything. And he has lapses in his memories. What the special counsel said, 345 pages. Uh, Robert Hur, who is not a conservative and he's not a Republican either. It hurts Biden. And they came out and said, oh, he's got great memory. Well, it's it's going to be a big problem because this is under uh, Merrick Garland, who are not he's not going to prosecute him because he can't remember anything. First of all, we have the corruption. Hillary Clinton was not prosecuted for the same thing that other people were, including Donald Trump. Biden is not prosecuted for the same thing. There's two standards. What you have is a politically weaponized, corrupt justice system, corrupt FBI, corrupt the Department of Justice, and a corrupt IRS. It's all corrupt. We know that. It's politicized, it's corrupt, it's not really democracy. But when his own Justice Department says we're not prosecuting him because he is a geriatric case of someone who was non-compass mentis. That's bad. (laughs) Clinically, a geriatric indictee, or we can't indict, because he's not compass mentis. We couldn't get a conviction. He couldn't. Uh, and, and, and and he's running for president again. <laughs> and he is the president. He is the yes. president. Yeah. Yeah. But the, I saw stupid people, people that must have, there had to be of subhuman intelligence, holding placards in New Hampshire, wanting Biden to run again. Wow. Wow. He, he's not compass mentis, and they aren't either. But there are actually people that stupid. He's got classified documents in his garage. I mean, they showed the picture. They released the pictures, but they're not going to recommend anything because he's elderly and has a bad memory. Oh, that doesn't know he's even the president. Nuclear codes. Where did I put them nuclear codes? <laughs> What's that, Jay? Doesn't even know he's the president. 
Half the time. He's the president. Now they're trying to slam now uh, Mr. Herb because he's saying it's inflammatory. Can't believe he said that about the president. I don't know. He might be on the kill list too. But uh, now they want the uh, prosecutors to tone it down, to tone down the description of it because his memory is as good as ever, he says. So I don't know. Al has moved down to Mexico now, Jacob, and uh, he's necromancer, uh, necromancing with Mediterranean. That's right. Well, he was legend. He was legend back when he went into the Senate uh, for his drinking. Mm. So it may be true. His memory is good as then. Yeah. But, you know, he's he's, because it wasn't good when you're drunk. uh, Yeah. You know, he's weaponized the FBI. He's weaponized all the, you know, they're bigger a bigger bigger investigation on J6 than the 9 11. I mean, it's just. Yes. uh, and then the treason at the border. I mean, he doesn't even care. He says it's locked up. I mean, uh, I don't know. The bill was dead. Uh, they, they killed the bill, but that was a bipartisan bill to allow uh, 5000 a day, 5000 per yes. day. And it didn't include if you move to another por- uh, port of entry. So this is the, the Republicans and, and Democrats working together to, and it didn't pass, but yes. Schumer and, uh, and, and, and McConnell want to make it happen. I spoke to two border agents yesterday uh, in Texas, down at Laredo. I spoke to them. Now, 90%, if not 95%, of the border agents, Border Patrol, are Hispanic Americans, Los Pochos. 95%. Um, And they are vehemently opposed to what's happening. They know the fentanyl's coming in. They know about the human trafficking oh, and their hands are being tied to stop it. Not to mention narco-terrorists, quite possibly agents of the Chinese government, commandos, military-aged people, oh. and certainly, certainly radical Muslims. Um, they're trying to increase things like airport security. At the same time, they're letting people come through the fence. It makes no sense what the, no sense what they're doing. I, and the, the media tries to show that the Border Patrol... Um, if they try to enforce the law, these are individual agents who are biased or who are against Hispanics, against Latinos. That was one of the things that, they, you know, they're a racist police force against the right. <laughs> I spoke to these guys and they all speak Spanish. And I spoke to one of these guys yesterday morning. I spoke to him in Spanish and I said to him, look, all of you guys are Hispanic. Um Yet the, the mainstream media tries to say that you're against Hispanics. <laughs> and and the guy just laughed and he said, you know, they said it's all ridiculous. And I said, I thought that Mallorca should have been hung. And they, they, they couldn't say anything because they were working. And they yeah. were but they say a lot of people should be hung. <laughs> they went to rise. Oh, man. You know what I mean? The way that they misrepresent Hispanic Americans as when it's to, to their convenience, they're the same as black people. You know what yeah, I mean? When right. it's not like with that, 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 that Zimmerman guy, he was a, oh, yeah. Yeah, all, he was a sudden, police officer. all of a sudden the Latino was, is a gringo. You know what I mean? <laughs> Most of the Hispanics are, they see it's their neighborhoods who are being hit with the fentanyl That's in the right. crime. That's right. They were as against it as anybody. Yeah. Their sons, their daughters are dying. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It, 
and, and all and of our sons and daughters are being murdered by this by fentanyl. No, yeah. 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 You know, I, I, I have always said, and of course, coming from New York with Puerto Rican friends and all that stuff and, and things like this, but I've always said nobody is more quintessentially American than a Hispanic American because their anthropological ancestry is half European <laughs> and half indigenous. You know what I mean? The, 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 yeah, Spanish-Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Indians and the Spanish, they're, they're half European and half indigenous. They're, they're perfect, perfect. Uh, Hispanic-American is a perfect American because yeah. he's a combination of both the Europeans from Los Conquistadores, from the, I don't know how you say it. The Conquistadores, yeah. Yeah. And 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 the indigenous call them Indians if you want to. They're, yeah, they're, the natives. They're, yeah, they're a mixture of the two in, more, in both North America and South America and Central America. The, the, nobody can be more American than a Hispanic American. And the way they try to play this race card is absurd. Yeah, I mean, one of the oldest cities in the United States is in Florida. It was it was a Spanish city. It was San Augustine, the yeah, oldest. The oldest city in the United States was founded by Ponce de Leon, who mm -hmm. landed in Florida in 1513. St. Augustine, Florida is older, older than the Protestant Reformation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. The El Camino Real in California, the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Now, J Jacob, the uh, the Denver is having a huge problem because they have forty thousand uh, illegal immigrants that came into the city. They're at a breaking point. They're about to yep. ship them out, but they're a sanctuary city. Yeah, uh, I don't know what they're going to have a problem with since they asked for this, but it's it's not even it's only the first wave. When do they get four hundred thousand in Denver? Denver's at a yeah, breaking they, point. They right deserve now. it, and they deserve the crime that comes with it because that's what they voted for. Did you see that guy in New York was beating up the yes. cops and, and then he walked yep. away and he flipped off the camera? And Brad lets, the cop, lets them go. And they're holding up the middle finger to the TV cameras. Yeah. When, they, when Brad lets them go. Unbelievable. And now Denver's in, in trouble. New York City's in trouble. Even Look, anybody who votes Democrat, if you get knifed by an illegal immigrant, if you're getting ripped off and deprived of social services because they're giving it to illegal immigrants... That's what you voted for. Stop whinging. You wanted it. You got it. Well, they're getting it now. And, and even um, even the guy from ESPN was was complaining now. Like, how can you let this city go to ruin, destroy Americans and let illegal aliens come in and give them fifty three million dollars is going go oh, to go to credit cards. Credit cards. Yeah. By the way, oh. you, you mentioned that to anybody like you put that on Twitter, you put that on yeah. Facebook. You know what's going to happen? You're to be fact-checked. Oh, False. Yes. <laughs> the U.S. government is not giving $42 million in check cards, even though they are. Yeah. It's mostly false, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's mostly. It's, it's only a few Pinocchios. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not now, like 42, it's $53 Yeah. <laughs> and then they report it on their own news people. You know? But you know what? You don't get, I mean, did you guys, I showed you that clip, right? The 60-minute uh, clip from, they got TikTok yeah. uh, going Chinese, uh, a military yeah. agent, how to get into California. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And a lot of stuff happens that way with TikTok. TikTok is, is 
is not a social media company in the sense that it's not there for you know to uh, entertain you. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it it is a tool of a government, a, a hostile government, by the way. Yeah, you know, in China, the TikTok programming for the Chinese youth—it's about science, it's about mathematics, it's yeah. about manufacturing like and this, and jobs. Like yes, that. excellence you know, in but jobs. They, but they want trash for the Western. Yeah. Youth. And the government wants to get away with it instead of closing. They gladly, gladly take it. Uh, Jake, I want to ask you this. Does it seem troubling to you that uh, um, Biden mobilized the Alaska National Guard to come and aid the federal uh, troops that they have in Texas against the National Guard of Texas? So you got a federal government uh, weaponizing another state against another state. Things like that have not transpired since the Civil War. Oh, man. Well, you heard it here, folks. Jacob said it. The things that we've been warning about for a while. Well, Jake, one decision what, um, at a time, one grain of sand at a time, one troop at a time, and then you get a war. Jacob, didn't uh, the president federalize the troops for uh, the Little Rock 8? Yeah, it was the uh, Eisenhower. Yeah, that was yeah, Eisenhower. Right. Sure. But, um, but, yeah. they were, but they were not in any kind of conflict with the National Guard of another state. Right. Oh, it was okay. Just, it was I, just I, in I, Arkansas. Yeah, I it was just in Arkansas. That. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and so they, they, they installed the razor wire. They'd want to take it down. Texas puts it back up. Now you got 20. Okay, it's 20 guys, right? It's 20 uh, from Alaska. I'm not saying they're going to make these huge difference, but they're supporting the uh, aviation battalion against the Texas uh, National Guard. So if you had asked me 20, 30 years ago about this, I would have said, there's no way this is going to happen. But uh, boy, I, I, it's, I, it's not slim or chance. It's not slim or none anymore. I think it's, it's one grain of sand at a time. And um, it's sick of the Republicans who voted for that law. Oh yeah. And Langdon co-drafted it. Yeah. Mike well, Johnson almost passed it. Well, he, he, he did oppose it though. He said it's dead yeah. before. Yeah, he didn't like it at the end. He didn't like but it at the end. You had four Republicans who voted for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable, man. This, it sounds like Langford, he uh he um is retiring, so he doesn't have to worry about reelection. Oh, I guess reelection. He can, he can be the scum he always was, I guess. Or <laughs> no, he's he he's, he's uh giving favors to the people that are going to be paying him in his retirement. Oh. That, that's how oh, that see, works. That doesn't happen in Washington, Jay. <laughs> I think I watched that movie. What was it, uh, Mister? Uh, what was it, Mister? Um, oh, goes to Washington. Mister Smith goes to Washington. Mister Smith goes to Washington. Great movie. If you want to know what happens in the disappointment of it, but uh, no, it's 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 crazy stuff, man. But uh, I would say that what's going on with the banks is probably even more crazier. Watching Jamie Dimon talking about what he needs to give more money to Ukraine. Well, not his money. Uh, I guess some of that money went to the Epstein, uh, you know, victims. So we can't talk about that here. But um, but J.P. Morgan Chase is opening more banks. Forty-one banks have failed. Forty local community banks have failed. They're opening more branches. Jacob, are we going to have a one or two bank institution in the United what States? What they're wanting to do is centralize the banking system, where you will have a handful of banks in in cahoots with and in control of the Fed. Yep. Community banks, smaller banks will be so decimated, very few of them will exist. Oh, man. Yeah. Regional banks and small banks. Not only that, but they can change, they can change um, capitalization requirements with the fractional reserve system 
to make yeah. it impossible for them to to maintain a legal level of liquidity. So you're yeah. going to have to be a major bank to be able to operate. Oh, yeah. man. And the regional banks, Marco, as I think I've stated, is that they have too much commercial loan paper and more than even maybe the large banks. So it's it's dangerous and... Um, uh, you know, it's it's not good for these banks. Hopefully, some of them can survive. But it's if if we start seeing a cascading effect over this paper, bad paper, uh, could be bad for our economy. Yes. Watch out for that. Yeah. Uh, before we get into that, I want to just uh, we hit the hour mark. So I just want to be, make sure when we hit the hour mark, we remind everyone. Thank you for watching. You're watching Catching Up with Jacob. Jacob's here. David's here. Davey from Australia is here. Jay and I are here. And uh, we're so happy and so uh, blessed that you guys are watching not only live, but also you're watching your you'll watch later. Some of those are going to watch later. But we're also on different platforms. The one that we are taking questions on for backstage is Rumble. So uh, please, if you're on Rumble and if you want to send those questions to Jacob and that uh, we'll be taking those questions after the episode of Catching Up is is completed uh but we are very happy that you're here with us and and learning and understanding what things are going on because uh these things are concerning but we trust in the living god who not only forgives us redeems us but he's coming back uh to bring righteousness and judgment to this earth and we long for those days but in the meantime we preach the gospel we make disciples jacob prash janet yellen certainly won't let that happen would he would she she's uh she's for the common people she's she's, she's one of us First of all, Janet Yellen is a proven imbecile. Look how many times she's said things emphatically um, and competently. And uh, she's basically pontificated and then has admitted she was wrong. Oh, that the inflation was higher than she thought. That, that was certainly true of the quantitative easing. She has no credibility anyway. She had no credibility in the Fed so you get somebody who's a proven incompetent, and you make a secretary of treasury. Uh, wow. Wow. You stole. The woman is the woman is a complete joke. But I mean, the only thing serious about her is that she will do whatever she's told. And when the FinCEN, the monitoring system to stop money laundering, that I have to comply with this. I live outside the United States part of the year. Um, using that to monitor the political enemies of the Democratic Party. Mm. And do you shop at, at this particular my pillow or something like this? Yeah, that, my, yeah my pillow, Mike. Yeah, they're going after you Mike. shop at some sporting goods store that, that, that's pro-Second Amendment. They were yeah, collecting data on citizens for doing this, but then we find out they were collecting data on people who shop in Christian bookstores and who Ooh. purchase Bibles. Purchasing that is the way we're heading for persecution. She is a wicked, wicked woman. I, stupid. I grant you she's a moron. She's just a political bureaucrat, and she's a moron. She's not a real economist. She's a blithering idiot. I grant you that. I mean, but, she's a useful idiot, much like yeah, Biden, for the for the people yeah. behind her. Yes, you know, she's a useful idiot. She's, she's a, a puppet. Puppet? Yeah, yeah, they trot her out there. She looks, you know, she's so nice. She looks like a, a grandmother, wants to make you some cookies. But boy, uh, she'll have you in the back, man. She, probably, she'll let you have it. Probably laced with those favorite mushrooms of hers. Oh, that's the only oh man. She's out there, all right. <laughs> uh, Jacob, let's talk about China for a moment because we nearly, nearly didn't even have China anymore on Monday. 
uh, Monday, Tuesday, nearly trading of 30% of all the stocks in China were halted. Yes. CSI hunt, uh, so the CSI 1000 index slides 8% in just a few hours. You got the CSI, you got the star, they got the Beijing, the Shenzhen, Shanghai Composite, the Hong Kong. They're all sliding very fast on large caps, and it's collapsing right before us. They had to halt trading, yes. and now they reinstituted some of the some they of the. They did the same thing in 2016. Remember? Yeah, they, you can't Great. short stocks. Yeah, you can't yes. short stocks. Yes. You're not allowed to sell, so you got to carry, you know, bad paper money. For I, I guess until, until they can, and no AI trading, no place in sell orders, no leverage positions. They're there in are, trouble. Yes, there are two things that are emblematic, and they cannot be dismissed as 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 just a, a, a casual curiosity. They're emblematic. The first is China overtook Japan as the economic dynamo of Asia. That's for sure. When that happened, Shanghai overtook Tokyo as the premier stock market of Asia with the highest amount of equity capitalization. Shanghai was bigger than Tokyo, okay? The market now in Hong Kong is not anything like what it was the Chinese government has killed the goose that laid the golden eggs. That's Hong Kong. Most of the Western investment into China was coming through Hong Kong. They killed the goose that laid, that laid the golden eggs. Hong Kong is, is not what it was and will not be what it was. Okay, that, so the Hang Seng, um, that's, that's Hong Kong. But now something has happened that's drastic. Since the end of... 2023, since the beginning of this year, Tokyo, the Tokyo Stock Exchange, in terms of equity capitalization, is now bigger than Shanghai again. That's right. That's right. They have lost the lead. They are no longer the Wall Street of Asia. <clears throat> They're no longer the city of London of Asia. They've lost it. And Japan has its own problems. It's not that Japan is necessarily doing fantastically. It's doing well in certain sectors, but it's not really doing well fantastically. But it has seen, like like Wall Street, it's seen a growth for the time being in its in its um, share value. Uh, it, it, it's the TI in Britain, the Dow Jones in America, the, the, the Japanese equivalent, okay, it's gone up. But it's overtaken China in terms of the capital value of the market. Second thing, for the first time ever since the end of last year, since the last quarter of last year, and so far coming this far into the first quarter of 2024, China is no longer the number one manufacturing exporter of manufactured goods into the United States. Mexico is. Whoa. Mexico is exporting more capital value of manufactured goods into the United States than China is. That's huge. Both, both of those two things are emblematic. They're not curiosities. They're not something that can be dismissed. Neither one of those things would have happened was the, if there was not something systemically deficient in the Chinese economy that they are unable to correct. 
Jacob, I got a question. Are you saying that cartels can run an economy better than communists? Of course, because they're capitalists. They may be corrupt capitalists, but they're capitalists. Yes. About 1.1 billion yuan's worth of CSI are snowball products, basically, remain. Oh, snowball products? (laughs) Oh, boy. It is a scam, according to the data provided by their own institution. So I have a question. So, wait a minute. So, Mexico is the number one exporter of, of manufactured goods. Does that include Chinese citizens into the United States? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you can't yeah. ask that question. They're even exporting, Chinese, even exporting gonna, Chinese terrorists into the United Yeah. Yeah, they're going to ban us if you ask, you know, if you ask truthful questions. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I retract yeah. my question. <laughs> Why are you James O'Keefe now? Or no. <laughs> Great stuff. No, I, I appreciate that. It, it's. It, it, they're in trouble. Well, you got the Evergrande fiasco, right? The, what was the other one that, that sounds like a nice country, country, country market? Country, yeah, it's a country, country garden, garden, which is garden. bigger than the, than than the Evergrande stuff. Now we've been they they ban. Well, there was a run uh, a run on the banks last year, uh, late last year, and they st- they literally stopped people and they were going to shoot them if they went to get their money. Not only that, they would just say that they're COVID infected. And it would show up on their cell phone. There'd be no test to see if they were COVID infected. Right. The fact that you were trying to get money out of an ATM or out of a bank, it would come up that you're COVID infected. You have to go back to your house and stay there. You'll be arrested. Yeah. And and, and so, but now you have the, the, the possibility of uh, central bank digital currencies coming into the market because yes. they are not able to prop this economy with traditional markets. So yeah. uh, more of that. Uh, Jacob, I did want to finish probably our last uh, subject for catching up. It's what's going on in Pakistan. You mentioned that there were several, several elections are going to be really, really telling this year, 2024, not only the American one, the British one. But let's talk about the Pakistan one, because that is the fifth largest population in the world with nuclear weapons in between Russia and India play a major role for the Chinese uh, Belt Initiative. And they just had their election and it was a disaster. I mean, we're talking about supposedly 35 people were killed. Mayhem cell service was suspended. Uh, Imran Khan is still in prison as their former prime minister. It's a mess, but especially in the Punjab area. But walk us through this. Uh, the okay, U.S. had a lot back. of interest in Pakistan, but now the Punjab region is a big problem there. Walk us through this, what's going on in Pakistan. The westernized politicians who will give at least some assent to democratic principles. Khan, Imam Khan, was a cricket player and a businessman, but he was a fam- cricket player, very very Modern, famous, yeah, famous in England and Great Britain. Okay, um, he's in jail. It's a rigged election. We don't want you to run. We're putting you in jail. Okay, but it, this goes back. If you understand the genesis of it, it goes back to when they killed Bhutu's daughter. Mm. She was a woman who was Westernized, intelligent, educated, and understood economic as well as political realities, and she was secretly friendly to the Israelis. Um, she was murdered. She was murdered. She, the way Indira Gandhi was murdered, she was murdered in Pakistan. They didn't want, the, the Islamic mentality, the fundamentalists didn't want a woman. They didn't want somebody who was westernized. They didn't want somebody who had any kind of liberal or progressive ideas 
by their standards of, of progressivism, not the Western view of it. They didn't want that. So you've already had all of these makings and mechanisms in Pakistan sociologically and politically anyway for something like this to happen. But the economy is in such terrible shape. The economy is in such terrible shape. It is irrelevant who wins the election. Nobody can stop what's happening. Mm. Can we look at the map, please? Just for a minute, can we bring it up? Yeah, it's up. If you see there Amritsa in the Punjab, and if you look to the left, which would be the west of Amritsa, you'll see Lahore, Pakistan, with the border in the middle between India, the Punjab, and Pakistan. Okay? Pa Pakistan's Punjab. That's where I just was. That's where Moriel's base is in the Punjab. So I just was. I was right on the border looking into Pakistan. It is a place of great conflict, not only of the border dispute itself. That goes back to the time of Mahatma Gandhi. In fact, Mahatma Gandhi was assassinated by fundamentalist Hindus because he gave part of that land, the Punjab, to Pakistan, to the Muslims, and he was assassinated by other Hindus for doing it. It's always been militarily tense anyway, a point of confrontation. There have been approximately five to six border wars between India and Pakistan already before they had nuclear weapons. Now they are both nuclearly armed. So if you have the BJP, if you have fundamentalist Hindus who have nuclear weapons and who believe in reincarnation, okay, and if you have Pakistani fundamentalist Muslims with nuclear weapons who believe in shahadi, that if you die in a jihad, you will get 72 virgins. So they have an incentive to die in, in a war. These, these are people with nuclear weapons now. This is something I've been warning about for some time. They are not like the Congress Party in India, or they're not like Imran Khan or or Bhutu's daughter. They're not people that are reasonable and sensible. They're crazy people with their finger on the, on the button with extremist religious views of, 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 of having an incentive to die in, in a war. Um, I'll be reincarnated as a Brahmin or I'll get my 72 virgins. It's very dangerous for people like this to be nuclearly armed. The situation is very precarious. Now let's look at, at that map again. If you look to the left, you'll see something that says federal tribal area. That is Wajiristan. Those people do not recognize any border. Afghanistan, mm. Pakistan, it doesn't matter. They're tribal people and they're semi-migratory. They'll move from one side of the border to the other. That is where the Taliban had a big base of support, and it is where bin Laden escaped from Pakistan, escaped from Afghanistan into Pakistan. Those people are not even controlled or ruled. Wow! By the by, the Pakistan government. Okay, they're totally tribal. They're not even. I've only flown over it in an airplane. I've not been. My feet have not been on the ground in Wajiristan, but I've certainly flown over it. Um. Uh. Now, if you look up on top of the map where it says Islamabad, draw a line from next to Islamabad, direct south, not into India, the Punjab, but into continuing inside Pakistan to the south. 
the Belt and Road Initiative of China. Pakistan is in debt up to its eyeballs to China. Mm. Mm. But there's more to it than that. China can be choked off economically and not have access to ports in Africa or Europe or the Middle East if India, the United States, Great Britain, or Australia close off the Malacca Straits. That's all they've got, and it will be easy to close off the Malacca Straits. Okay, what China is trying to do in the South China Sea, have a choke-off point. A natural choke-off point exists. You've got Singapore, you've got India, you've got um, the USA, you've got the Royal Navy, the British, and you've got the Australians. China is very vulnerable. So they want the port of Karachi on the Indian Ocean in Pakistan, okay, with a Belt and Road, roads, railroads, going north through Pakistan side of the Punjab, near Lahore, going north to, towards Islamabad, and then from there north into China. Okay, they want a way to circumvent um, the Malacca Straits. They want control of the port of uh, Karachi. Now, they already did that in Ceylon, in Sri Lanka. They said, you can't pay us back the money you owe us. You oh, give man. us the port for 99 <laughs> years. And we're going to use it as we want for, in lieu of payment. Naval base. Um, and they have a naval base in Djibouti as well in, in Africa. Djibouti. That's right. Yeah, in Africa. Okay. And we're going to use it for our own shipping and trade. If Pakistan's economy collapses, China can make those kinds of demands. Oof. And you will have a Chinese-controlled port in Pakistan with a road and rail link to China through Pakistan. The whole area is very precarious. It is not just Pakistan. It is not just Pakistan and India. It is not just Pakistan, India, and Afghanistan. It is Pakistan, India, Afghanistan, and China. Mm. It is a geopolitical quagmire. Add to that nuclear armament. Yeah, exactly. This is, what, this is and, and rigged elections, of course. Yeah, the, the result of the provincial ones, the uh, assembly election in Punjab, which is, you, you can yeah. kind of make a case that it's like California for the Pakistan yeah. government, uh, the largest populous area and the most industrious uh, populous area of Pakistan. They just had a terrible uh, election. Uh, they were so much corruption. They, were, they didn't even let some of Khan's supporters vote or even some That's of right. their... Uh, some of the other ones who were uh, in support of Khan, they they'd even they couldn't even run as independents. So violence has erupted in Punjab area. Many feel like it could go into the Punjab area of India, which is going to be a border mass right there. But Jacob, what does it mean for? I mean, to those who are watching, and this is a uh, you know a big problem for Moriel in a sense of where the bases and all that, uh, and, and some of the, the the persecution that goes on there. One more dimension to the problem that could affect Moriel. The inhabitants of the Indian Punjab, where Amritsar is, that is not Hindu. There are some Hindus. It is Sikh, Sikh. Oh, yes, you're right. And you have radical Sikhs, the Akali Dal, 
Sikhs are generally more moderate. Yeah, I was going to say they're more peaceful. Yeah, because the mono, they're like Sikhism is like monotheistic Hinduism. Mm. Monotheistic Hinduism, I suppose that would be the closest I could describe it in a nutshell. And they they don't generally have a problem with Christians in England or America or Canada. They have they do have problems with Christians in in, in India because a, lot, a number of Sikhs have become Christians. But amen. There is a centuries old hatred between Pakistani Muslims and Sikhs. The Sikhs, as part of their religion, have to carry a dagger, like the Scottish call it a skidoo, a knife that they wear under the kilt on their ankle. <laughs> well, the Sikhs have something like that. They've got to carry this knife as part of their religion because of the, 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 you have to be ready to fight the Muslim day or night. Incredible. Now, something else on the other side, there have already been exchanges of fire between, it's not on the map, but it'll be, if it was, it will be on the lower left corner of the map, the border between okay. Iran and Pakistan. You've already had exchanges of fire, military fire, between Pakistan and Iran, both Muslim. Why? If you see Baluchistan on the map, those are not Persians. Those are not Iranian, ethnic Iranians. They're Iranian nationality, but they're ethnically different people. The Sunni-Shia conflict mm. is not just on the west side between Saudi Arabia and the Emirates and, and, and Iran. The Sunni-Shia conflict is also on the east side between the Sunnis of Pakistan and the Shias of Iran. It Boy. happened on both sides. People in the West, Europe, America, they may be aware of the Sunni-Shia um, conflict in the Persian Gulf between yeah, Iraq with the Saudis, Saudi yeah. and the Emirates, whatever. But then, then in Iraq, in Iraq, there's a conflict. In Iraq and Iran, yeah. Right. But they're not as aware of the fact that there is the same kind of conflict between Sunni and uh, Shia Muslims on the east, you put the whole thing together. You couldn't. You couldn't concoct a bigger mess. Oh, it is a powder keg. That it, of course, uh, Jake. I know you don't want to talk too much about it, but you know you you've been targeted and persecution and things like that. So we have to have a lot of prayer for you. A lot of prayer for believers there. Uh, it I, is no joke. I went out for a chicken korma. And I saw a couple of wanted posters on the wall with pictures of me and, and Mark Jackson. <laughs> and, and I know I know you make light of it and stuff. But we definitely need to pray for you and for Mark and pray for the for believers there. Hey, the cops are looking for us. We 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 got out of there. But I mean, uh, our people are there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That and and cops took our people in. So we we need prayer for India. Yes. Yeah, and this is something you don't take lightly at all. This is something you've been in prayer for and you've been thinking oh. through. And, and, and it's it's and now with this event going on in Pakistan, in the Punjab area, and how it spill over into the yes, Indian side. Easily, easily. And you have an election in India coming up in uh, yes. uh, April. Yeah, with uh, uh, in, in India. I don't know if Modi's going to be able to... Modi's trying to keep power. The BJP's trying to keep power. And, and that's going to influence what's going on in Punjab. Influences, of yeah, course, that and the area. The BJP are not friends of are not friends of Christians either. Not at all. 
Not at all. So it, it, it is a powder keg. And Jacob, you, you described it well. You know, these are the things, the birth pangs of the last days. And, uh, and, and and more of that is coming. You're going to do a, a study on Revelation 6, but also you, you have the, you know, the birth pangs, you have the persecution, you have war looming. Uh, this is stuff to make you crazy and worried. But, uh, you know, I've been all over the place and I don't think I've seen a more serious powder keg than I have in the Punjab. Mm. Yeah. And so and a lot of a lot of Christians may not be aware of it. So you're aware of it here. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for the believers. Let's pray for the work of Moriel within that area. And, um, you know, it can make you crazy, Jacob. But uh, as, as we finish the episode here, we move on to backstage. How does a Christian approach this in their own life without going insane? We'll be hearing of wars and rumors of wars, but the end is not yet. Then they will persecute you. Jesus told us these things. Everything's right on schedule. Yeah, you know, it's easy. And uh, being in California, you got good weather, although it's it's been rainy, but it's been sunny, too. And, and and you can think that the world is not like that because the weather are good. You know, avocado's good and you got In-N-Out Burger and you think yep. you think the world is fine. And you and you think, well, yep. it, it gets bad. The Lord's going to get us out of here. But you can't imagine what the believers and the rest of yep. the world go through. Yeah, but just look at it. When the corrupt Justice Department and the corrupt Treasury Department take a law and a government mechanism designed to stop money laundering of, of people who traffic who traffic in illegal drugs and are using it to build a database about their political enemies that includes Christians who, who get on the index watch list because they bought a Bible. Yeah. The United States. Yeah. In the same way. Yeah. I had a friend who's, who's not from the States, but he lives here. He says, I never, the believer, never thought the United States would ever, ever do this. And, and you know, he had to change his mind about some eschatology that he was he was faulty thinking. But he, he realized that a lot of things that people have told him are not just true. Look at, just look at how many hotels will no longer have a Gideon's Bible. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a statement. The banning of the Bible bonding of the Bible, and they're going to uh, basically target those who bought it and those who use it. So uh, folks, we're just telling you to get a Bible, memorize it, put it in your heart, you know, because that's the best place to put it. Yeah. Best place to put it. All right. Well, we're coming down to the end of catching up. We're going to be switching over to backstage. We're going to be taking we got it. We had some questions. So we got questions for Jacob. We were backloaded on those questions. We're going to try to make a dent into them, but we so much appreciate you sending those questions because they're so important to us to hear from you. That means you're watching, you're praying, your intent, uh, your intent is to be alert. And that's what we desire for disciples of Jesus to be like that, to be in prayer and to be active in serving the Lord and serving other believers as well in evangelism and discipleship and taking care of the poor and taking care of the orphans and visiting widows. That's what the scripture calls us to do and that's what we endeavor to do here you get a lot of information but hopefully you can put it in in, in the, the right approach is to put it into action not to be hearers only but doers as well if you want more information go to memorial.org how to get involved how to pray how to uh, support the work of the lord in different areas if you want to know more about what's going on in the, in moriel in india in the punjab area uh, you can go I don't, I, david's out on the website the uh, the in, uh, about the uh, the work there in india got to take some of it down for security okay. reasons. For security reasons, yeah. Uh, but yeah, some of it. But you know a little bit about there. We can't share too much information. But if you want to know uh, how to pray and um, 
how to pray for that work there and pray for Mark and pray for Jacob and pray for the believers there. Uh, go to the Mark. Quarterlies, that one. Marco, in the quarterly. Yeah. Mark. It's also going to be on the quarterly. Does yeah, Mark the quarterly has, a, has something. So Mark is going to have something there. So yeah, very important. Very, very important. Uh, but don't forget, you know, there are believers everywhere that the Lord has put us in contact with, not only in Asia, but in the Middle East, as well as here in the, in the Punjab area in India, that need your prayers, need your support. So uh, please, please keep them in prayer and support them as the Lord leads you to have, uh, leads you to do. But we're just uh, letting you guys know uh, what goes going on, what's going on in Pakistan. And fortunately, Jacob was able to be there. He can give us, uh, you know, foot on the ground view of what's going on there. But also, you know, it's it's risky. It's it's not without its risk. So God bless you guys. We will be going on Thank to you. backstage and answering some great questions. We praise the Lord for you guys who are watching live and uh, jump over from YouTube and Facebook Live. Join us on RumbleMorial.tv and the other platforms. We'll see you in a couple of minutes. Just remind our friends, please, Moriel Itinerary. Just Google Moriel Itinerary. You'll find the meetings in Texas, Florida, Tennessee, California, and again in New York and uh, Baltimore and in Britain. And then soon, before long, the New Zealand, Australia, Singapore, meetings and so forth will be po will be posted and hawaii as well uh so moriel.org go on to the itinerary page or you can just google moriel itinerary amen yeah. praise the lord well jacob's busy <laughs> so pray for him and uh the big target on his back and the lord's got him though the lord protects him and keeps him uh even though there are people probably doesn't that don't want him to preach anymore so just just keep praying god bless you guys see you soon all right. Welcome to Backstage, the part of the program that our tech overlords do not want us to talk about, and especially Jacob and David and Jay and Davey, myself. They want to censor us. They want to keep us off so that we won't continue to preach in God's word and make disciples and uh, keep people alert on what's going on in the world. And hopefully some of the topics that we brought to you guys on on the uh, uh, on catching up were informant, were very important because we believe these are the things that Jesus told us to be aware and watch out for these things. Uh, we talked about other subjects as well. Uh, last week we had Sandy and it was magnificent talking about Alistair Begg and some of the false teachings that are going on, not just with them, but other things that um, other let's say put it this rather than nefarious characters uh, um, that such as Mike Bickle that have brought on to the body of Christ. But, and then we talked about uh, other things as well. We talked about preterism a couple of weeks ago and uh, that was great. So we, we do cover quite a bit of subjects from uh, issues, issues in the church to issues in culture, to issues in politics and war and rumors of wars. But we also answered your question. So Jacob Prash, do you guys think Iran and Pakistan will engage in a full blown conflict? Iran versus Pakistan? Yes. I think there will be ongoing border tensions. Okay. Um, Pakistan cannot economically or strategically fight on two fronts at the same time. It has to watch India and it has to watch Iran. The Quite other, a bit of time. Yeah. The other factor is China is in bed to a degree with both Iran and Pakistan. Oh, man. So China will try to broker some kind of a We'll try to prevent it from becoming a full-blown conflict. Okay, very good. Besides Iran, who are other Shia Muslim countries? You have a large Shia Islamic population in eastern Saudi Arabia. Eastern Saudi Arabia. The most is Sunni, but in eastern Saudi Arabia, the Shias, which is where the oil is. 
Secondly, along the Gulf. Secondly, southern Iraq has a lot of Shias. Hmm. Southern Lebanon, Hezbollah. Hezbollah, yeah, that's right. Hezbollah or Shia. There are also sects of Shia, one of whom that, that's important in the world now is are the Alawites. Alawites. Hmm. The Alawites are the sect of Islam, and that is the religion of Assad, the Assad family oh, in Syria. Syria. Yeah. In Syria. So, so there's a sect of um, Shias in Syria. But you're mainly talking about Lebanon. You're mainly talking about southern Iraq. You're mainly talking about eastern Saudi Arabia. And you're certainly talking about um, Iran. Hmm. Iran. Those, no those, small contingency. That's no, no small contingency. No. no. Outside of that, there will be smaller numbers, with one exception. Thanks to George Bush, you have a significant number of Shia Muslims in Minnesota. Oh, Somali, yeah. Not the Somalians. Iranian. Oh, a different. Oh, the Iranians. Iraqis. Oh, Iraqis. Okay. Thanks, well, thanks gonna... to George Bush. George Bush did everything he could to import as many Muslims into America as he could, and that includes a number of Shia Muslims. Uh, they, they're at, their population center is in Minnesota, but they're that's, elsewhere. That's going to be interesting with the Somalians there, um, yeah. Muslim Somalians. Uh, Jacob, do you believe that China would release disease X on the world, and how would that fit into uh, last day's prophecy is it possible, since we know that they had mRNA shots already developed, do you believe this time they will need the vax? Concerning China itself, desperate people do desperate things. The Chinese party in Japan will do anything that they see is within their interest to retain power uh, and to advance the interests of, of, of China outside of China. The answer is they would have no qualms about doing it. The only <laughs> thing is... Would there be ramifications and would it hurt them domestically? Like the mm. Wuhan virus we call COVID, the Wuhan yeah. virus hurt them internally. At first, by the lockdowns, they contained the amount of infection. There were much more infection in Western countries. Once they were forced economically to ease the lockdowns, the, 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 the you couldn't cremate the corpses fast enough. Mm. Um, it was out of control. So if they have an incentive not to do it, it would be for fear it would hurt their own already damaged economy. That's the thing that would stop it. Mm. What really also has to be taken into account is Fauci knew about the Wuhan virus. He was involved. Okay. Yeah. He lied. He misled. You can't trust the World Health Organization. You can no longer trust the National Institute of Health. You cannot trust the... Center for Disease Control in Atlanta. These things have all been turned into political organs. Mm. All of them. And you've got that sick freak that uh, Richard Levine calls himself racial, who who Biden promoted to a four-star admiral. Yeah. Uh, transgender. That, that's the deputy secretary of, of health. I mean, yeah. the, the, the surgeon general is another one. Yeah. He wants he, Fauci's he, job. He wants Fauci's he job. Wants Fauci's job, correct. Um, yeah. I am as afraid of our own corrupt government and the World Health Organization and the governments of Europe. I'm a, I'm as and the Schwab slobs, obviously the globalists. I'm as afraid of those people as I am of China.
Mm, very good, Jacob. Jacob, do we agree that digital currency will circumvent first, second, and fourth amendment in the constitutions? Your thoughts? It is possible. It is possible. I don't know about the second amendment, but certainly they can search for owning a currency, a fiat currency that's oh, not- Oh yeah, like gold, gold, right? Yeah, like what they did with gold. You know, search and seizure without warrant. Yes, oh. I believe they can do that. Let's not forget something. <clears throat> a true enemy of a free market economy and an enemy of, of ideological Americanism was Franklin Roosevelt. Yeah. He outlawed the possession of gold. Yeah. So, confiscated so, it. Yeah. yeah. Confiscated. So don't think government would not do that again with 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 paper money um, or, or coinage. Don't think they wouldn't do it. Now, another a Democrat. Lot people, a lot of people see digital currency as they wrongly interpret digital currency as Revelation thirteen. Right. Right. I don't say digital currency is not a step on the ladder to Revelation 13, but Revelation 13 is about a right, a license to buy and sell, to engage in commerce. It does not speak of the currency itself directly. It, it, it speaks to the right to engage in commerce. I've tried to explain this before. In Ephesus, ancient Ephesus, first century, you had the market called the Agora. And there was a promenade into the Agora and a gate. And it said in Greek, it said, Caesar Wios Theos, Caesar, son of God. Yeah. The deified emperor was called the son of God. The Christians thought that Jesus was the son of God. And you had to go through this gate and acknowledge the emperor as a deity and as the son of God to enter the market to buy and sell the Agora. Okay. Christians wouldn't do it. They tied Christians to poles on either side of the promenade inside the gate and set them alight. And they used them as human lamps, mm. burned them alive at the stake as human lamps to illuminate the path into the market for, for evening, for night trading. Um, that foreshadows, is, is, is a better foreshadowing of what will happen uh, in Revelation 13, it's not about the currency itself primarily. That's a, a related factor, but it will be about the right to engage in commerce, to buy or sell. Yeah. You have the commerce. I remember during the COVID in Israel, this is what, this really troubled me, and it was Israel. Unless you have the jab, you couldn't get this ID button that says you've been inoculated with yeah. COVID. They would not allow you into a supermarket or a shopping mall without it. Mm. You know, the security guards who were there at every shopping mall are there to look for terror and weapons and things like this. Okay, they screen for that stuff. Now they were screening for people to buy or sell to come out. Yeah. Okay, you could go to what was known as a McCallit, a little neighborhood grocery shop. You could do that. But you couldn't go into the Department stores, you couldn't go into the supermarkets, you couldn't go into the shopping malls with, without it. it yeah. That is more like what it's going to be like. I'm not saying digital currency does not come into play as a factor in arriving at Revelation 13, but it's not the main factor or it's not the essence of what Revelation 13 is talking about. Very good. All right, Jacob, thank you. If a preacher says they worship God the Father only, should one stay at that church? Oh, 
Oh, yeah. very good. Oh. Get out. All right. Will the first Gog and Magog war happen before Jesus Christ comes back, Jacob? First of all, you have to decide if you believe there's one Gog and Magog wars or if there are two Gog and Magog wars. That's the first thing you have to decide. Is it only the one at the end of Revelation and at the end of the millennium in Revelation 20, or do you believe there's another one that prefigures it? There are arguments both ways, okay? The main one, however, must be the one at the end of the millennium, because that's the one the New Testament speaks about. Second thing you have to decide is, are you one of the people who believes that Gog and Magog are concurrent with the Battle of Armageddon or the same thing as the Battle of Armageddon and the Battle of Jehoshaphat and or the Battle of Jehoshaphat, Valley of Jehoshaphat or not? Is it something separate? Um, it's a complicated situation. I have tapes addressing it, but I couldn't give you a nut. Yeah. I can tell you what I think, but to explain why I think that yeah. way, I, I'd have to refer you to the teachings we've done on it. Okay? Yeah, let's refer them to the teaching on it. Um, if, if we can pull those up, Davey, at some point and uh, maybe send in the link to that person, that, that would be great. Yeah, on the main. Do you know what those are, Jacob? Can you name a couple of them? One was on Gog and Magog. Um, yeah, I think it's called Gog and Magog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, any others? You know? It's mentioned on a couple of other ones. Yes. Okay. Uh, will it make a difference at this point who is elected if there is one as before, uh, or if there's one as before? Trump wasn't allowed to do too much. Trump is the closest thing to a non-establishment president we've ever had. All the other ones are corrupt and owned by the establishment. What they do is going to be limited by the establishment. The establishment includes right. the international banking establishment. That's right. Okay. So one of the reasons the establishment hates Trump so much is he was not a member of the establishment. That's why they hate him so much. Mm. He's not part of the swamp. He's not part of the establishment. That's right. They want to ruin him financially. They want to ruin him legal by legal means. They want to ruin him by any means possible. They'll ignore the fact uh, record low Afro-American unemployment, prison reform for nonviolent criminals that benefited Afro-Americans disproportionately, um, an increase in the average family income of Black Americans of $1,000 in his first 11 months of office after it declined by $900 a year, sorry, not a month, a year, $900 a year, it declined under under Barack Obama. Uh, after two terms of Obama, it went down by 900. Under Bush, it went up by 1,000 just in his first 11 months. It was obviously, by any objective metric, by any objective financial standard or other standard, he was the best president that the black people have, have ever had in the 20th, 21st century. He was the best one. He was the best for the blacks. Economically, he did the most for, for blacks, okay? Um, yet they hate him. They're told he's a racist, and so they'll believe it because that's what they're told. Um, that's what they're told to believe. What you have here is the same as you had under slavery. The white plantation owners could vote 60% of their black slaves, who they deemed to be three-fifths of a human being, 
for the candidate of their choice. Blacks would vote for who they're told to vote for. Okay, well, it's the, that was the Democratic Party of the American South, and they're doing the same thing. Blacks will vote for who they're told to vote for. That's what they bank on. So if anybody looked at the facts, they would say, well, it's in our interest to vote for, for Donald Trump. No, no, you, you, we'll tell you who to vote for. And there's enough stupid people, both white and black, they will listen to Barack Obama and Michelle Obama. They will listen to Whoopi Goldberg. They'll listen to Joy Reid. They'll listen to Al Sharpton. They'll listen to Don Lemon. They'll listen to any liar, any useful idiot, any of the true Uncle Toms, if you want to use the term. The real term will be Sambos. They'll, yeah. listen, to them. <laughs> They'll listen to them instead of to the truth. LeBron the truth. James, yeah. So th that's the way it is. Um they hate him because he was not a member of the swamp and he tried to drain it. You just look at them. They allowed riots. They would not stop the riots in the West Coast, in Oregon, in Seattle. They let these riots happen for weeks and weeks and weeks. Say, see what happens if Trump's the president? Yep. Now, vote for a Democrat, the riots will stop. You want the riots yep. to stop, though. This is what they, this is how desperate and how corrupt and evil these people are. They'll burn the city down. They'll burn the nation down. Yes, of course. By starting in their own neighborhood. Yes, That's right. Burn their own ones. Jacob, if it's appointed for a man to die once and then to judgment, then those who are rapture will they will not will not have ever died. The, the text is clear. We shall not all sleep. There will be people like Enoch and like Elijah, who never died. Yeah. Will be. But isn't that God's prerogative, Jacob, to overrule death? I mean, he took the sting again. out of it. Yes, it's, it's, again. it's an enemy. Yes. And, and I think the context, I think in Hebrews 9.27, it's speaking of Jesus' death. Jesus' yes. death specifically. It applies to mankind because we all, you know, we yes, all have a curse of death, but it's speaking of it Jesus. Applies, it is the general truth of mankind. Okay, it is the general truth of mankind. That's right. All right, Jacob. If we follow the scriptures, Israel's land will be from the Nile in Egypt into the Euphrates River. Israel will be really big and will have some Arab lands. What happened? This will be like the reign of King David. We have a teaching series that's filmed on. It was filmed on video at the time, but I believe it is on the Morio website. You can watch watch the teachings of the millennium. The reign of David extended to the Euphrates at one point and, and then came down through Mediba, what is today Jordan, and it extended to the Brook of Egypt, which was probably at least the Wadi el-Arish. Whether hmm. it's the Nile is debated, but certainly it would be at least the Wadi el-Arish. The reign of David and Solomon will tell you the dimensions that Israel is going to consist of geographically during the millennium. Uh, yes, it will. Now, remember, the Arab nations were not Arab at that time. The Arabs came from Arabia. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they were. Yeah, well, you, you had, Jordan yeah, and Iraq in these places, they were not, and in Lebanon and Syria, they were not Arab countries then. That's right, that's right. Uh, Jacob, have you seen Freedom to Fascism by the late director Aaron Russo? I've heard of it, but I've not seen it. 
Okay. Is China likely to be the 200 million army from the East? Book of Revelation seems to, seems to be so near now. Some people say that, but others make the argument it could be the Muslim, the, the huge Islamic populations of Central Asia. Hmm. That, that's very true. Cannot, cannot outrule that. Uh, any possibility the Ten Kings are the same ten in Psalms 83? Many people, like Bill Salas, believe they relate. Uh, I believe he believes that. Is there a possibility of it? I think they relate, yes. But to say it's them, uh, there's too much argumentation they could be European. Those mm. kings in that psalm, none of them were European. Mm. And, and, and obviously, you got the Antichrist and false prophet. It comes from the sea, okay, from the nations of the, the Mediterranean. Okay, so that, that is the problem with it, okay? Very good. Uh, Jacob, regarding BRICS, its membership is now 10 nations, and Saudi Arabia will join it this week. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but I'll, I'll take the word for it. I'm, I'm not sure, but maybe. Is this a possible contender for Daniel in the 10 kings or kingdoms being set up as the toes? Now that Saudi Arabia joins the BRICS, it is now 10 members, and we're looking for the possibility of Daniel regarding the 10 kings or kingdoms, question mark. I do not question that there could be a prophetic significance to BRICS. I don't question that. Uh, Saudi Arabia is in it and so forth and Iran. But what I do question is, is this. The toes are of the feet. The feet are of the legs. The legs are absolutely the eastern and western halves of the Roman Empire, which became the Holy Roman Empire and the Byzantine Empire. The legs of the Roman Empire and the feet come back. Um, and the toes are on the feet of the iron and the clay. So therefore, I, I do not think so because there's no European country in BRICS. Mm, very good. Jacob, you ever come to Missouri? I've been to Missouri, but I don't think I've ever spoken there. <laughs> Somebody wants you there. Yeah, think about Jacob coming to Missouri, question I mean, mark. Excelsior Springs, Missouri, because Larry Thomas lived there. Oh, yeah. I went to a Yeah. I yeah. flown through the airport in, in, in St. Louis when TWA still existed. It oh, wow. <laughs> and I used to fly TWA a lot. TWA. So I right. know the airport. But I've never been down to the, what, the Blueberry Cafe, the place that Chuck Berry owned, or I've never. Yeah. <laughs> or Branson, right, Branson? I don't think I say live for Branson, day. Jacob Branch. Oh yeah, I've been to I have been to uh, Springfield, Missouri. Oh, okay. In, in in southwestern Missouri, I have been there. All right. Well, if somebody's watching from Missouri, yeah, you want Jacob to come? Please uh, get a hold of us yeah. and contact. Maybe there's a church or ministry there. Missouri, yes, it's on our list to visit for fellowship drives, but. We're yeah. working on them. We're working on it. So whoever sent the question, please, if you're watching, just as uh, uh, maybe you can send a message and let us know where you are in Missouri. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep in touch and contact. We're always open to fellowship. Anheuser-Busch Brewery. <laughs> According to Nelson Walters, in Isaiah 63, 1 through 6, Jesus Christ will, a pre, will have a pre-rapture appearance and destroy many nations alone, thus having a blood-stained garment. Jacob, what's your take on it? 
On Isaiah 63? Yeah. I'm not sure who Nelson Walter is, but it, it may be. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Yeah. But he, I guess that's the question. He's a teacher on YouTube. Oh, he's on YouTube. Okay. He's on YouTube. Okay. He says that Jesus will have a pre-rapture appearance to destroy some nations, and then he will have a bloodstained garment. familiar with the chapter basically let me just see this is about god's ven revenge on, on nations yes uh, and who's this who comes from edom and basra the one of the, i do not think that this is that we can say that this is pre-rapture um because you see where it says basra now this is the same passage that talks about uh, send the tribute lamb. Um, Basra is the area of, of Petra, okay? Petra is where Mount Sair is. Christ's feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. That's where his terrestrial return will be, terrestrially, on the Mount of Olives. But he comes in the air the first time for the rapture, okay? There will be a flight of Jews fleeing the Antichrist into the area of Basra. Now that is not Basra in Iraq. This is a different Basra. It, yeah. is, it is in Jordan. It is in Jordan today. They're a place called Quran. Who's this who comes from Edom? The garment's blowing. The one who's majestic and all this kind of stuff. Okay. When Jesus comes back, he makes war against these nations. Okay. He makes war against these nations, okay? Um, I I do not know if you can say that that is a pre-rapture event. I don't believe it is a pre-rapture event. Okay, very good. Thank you, Jacob. Uh, Jacob, what is uh, uh, Carter Cullen from New York uh, Times Square Church? Is he a real teacher as far as providing sound doctrine, or is he to be avoided? I've never been a major fan of his, and I'm certainly not a fan of his singing. I don't think he's a very good gospel singer, but I, I have heard him preach. When David Wilkerson was there, it was different. When David Wilkerson left, departed, Times Square Church as it was departed with him. You've got this thing of women pastors. Now you've got a horrible man, a horrible man, who basically I consider him to be somebody who hijacked the pulpit of Martin Lloyd-Jones in London, although he's American. Um, he, uh, he lives in Key Largo, Florida now. Uh, well, what is his name? Um, I, I know him. I've met him. I don't know him well, but I, I have met him. Um, anyway, he's he is a very, very... He, somebody who was a partner of Paul Kane from the Kansas City Falls Prophets. Oh. He partnered with Paul Kane. Uh, R.W. Confusing him with somebody. Oh, boy. Maybe I, David, maybe you're right. I am losing it. Um, <laughs> I was talking about. Maybe we can look it up. Baby, can you look up uh, who pastors Martin Lloyd Jones' old church? Former pastor of Martin Lloyd Jones' church. Yeah. Uh, well, while we're looking that up, can he answer another one there, Marco? Yeah, I didn't want to. You want to hold it out to that one, Jacob? 
Okay, let them look it up and I'll get back to you. All right. Do you know of any reputable Bible teachers who can expound from the original Greek or Hebrew who have content online? Yeah, there are. There, there, there are. But, but they they don't tend to do it verse by verse from, from the original languages. They may do it sometimes, but there are expositors who, who do read Greek and Hebrew and who do take the original languages into account. For sure there are. For sure there are. There's, there's a number of them. Um, but, but if you mean translating each word or each verse from the Greek or Hebrew, that is not something that's popularly done. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's actually extensively expound from the Greek and Hebrew. No, is, because is, it actually, is it actually worth it, Jacob, to do it, that? Well, we've done it. We've done it certain times. Yeah, well, on, on Psalm 23, stuff like that. Yeah, I did but, Psalm 23. I did it from Tim, a passage in Timothy where I translated every word and yeah. with the grammar. But it takes so long to do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, it is. But, it they, is. but there's so much of it's already translated and everything, yes. and there's very few things that yeah. would um, yeah well, really is it R.T. Kendall, Jacob? R.T. Kendall, that was it. Yeah. Horrible, horrible man, horrible man. That's who's in Times Square Church now, among others. Oh, really? That place has gone down the sewer since David Wilkerson went to be with the Lord. That place has gone down the sewer. Yeah. When David Wilkerson departed, Times Square Church departed with him. And Conlon Carter bears much, if not the lion's share of the responsibility. Jacob, can you recite the ironic benediction in Hebrew? Yes. Did All it right. yesterday, actually, Marco. <laughs> All right, praise God. We prayed for our friends, yeah. Amen. They Jacob, want me to do it? They want me to uh, do it? Let's do it. Let's let's close it out with that after after this question. Uh, what are the chances for the red heifer sacrifice here in 2024? I can't put a time on it. There are red heifers now, and they would have to be sacrificed for any kind of reconstruction and rededication of a rebuilt temple. But to say it's going to happen in this year, that's just hyper-speculative. I couldn't go there. All right. Jacob, Lurie's uh, Children's Hospital in Chicago, uh, Pennsylvania Courthouse and Public Transit we're all compromised by cyber attacks this week. Uh, China, or is it nothing to watch? The most dangerous cyber attacks tend to come from China. Mm. Russia has done it. Russia has done it. But with Russia, there's some kind of political um, or strategic motive. China will do it for a variety of reasons, including economic motivation. So the answer is, when I see a cyber attack, I'm looking, the, the first suspect would be China. Russia, it depends. North Korea? Russia would be the second. North yeah. Korea can do on a, on a much lower level. They would not have the expertise that China and Russia have to do it. Absolutely not. One of the dangers is, and one of the things I'm against, is, again, the American government is stupidly and continues to allow Chinese postgraduate students to go to Berkeley, to go to Caltech, to go to MIT. Many of these people already have postgraduate degrees from China. They're not coming to learn anything except how to steal American technology. Yeah, very good, very good. All right. Yeah, well, they just had that guy that uh, stole, um, stole the um, information 
that showed how to it was so big it's it had to deal with the um nuclear body yeah. oh, i forgot i'm so sorry the, they no just, just 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 took took the patents and everything with them oh goodness Katarina was a disaster i think she was a lesbian but she was a disaster as a attorney general for what she let the chinese get away with yeah, and, under Clinton. That's right, under Clinton. Well, but I am against. I am against allowing Chinese students to come to the United States for postgraduate education. They should not yeah, be allowed to work in or business school. They should not be allowed to go to any of the high tech institutions. They should not be allowed to come for postgraduate studies to the United States. We gave all college education to the Iranian students, and uh, they're getting ready to make a bomb. Yeah. yeah. So that's all the questions we have. Uh, we'll take a few of them for next time, and uh, we'll finish up the, uh, the, the 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 part of the backstage and questions with Jacob doing the ironic benediction in Hebrew. Somebody asked for that, so Jacob, uh, uh, you you have the final word, and you have the ironic benediction. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. World events are unfolding very quickly. Prayer has never been more important. And getting oil in our lamps has never been more important. It is getting darker, and the oil is getting harder to come by. That is my exhortation. But of course we know, as always, lift up your head. Your redemption draws near. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. So you shall bless the sons of Israel, and then I will bless them. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, Shalom. Ah, amen. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you so much. And uh, you did it in Texas, and so you're doing it here to the all those who are watching worldwide. So thank you so much. God bless you, dear brother. And um, you have a wonderful, wonderful meetings this weekend and uh, with Jay and David and Mia and all the believers that are there. And those who are watching, those who stayed up with us, you know, good evening, good morning to Australia, to New Zealand, uh, as you guys close out in the UK and, uh, and the rest of Europe. We bless you, and we, uh, we send blessings in the name of the Lord. And um, keep preaching Jesus. He's coming soon. We'll see you Take soon. Care. God bless you guys.